Welcome to Financial Bliss with Kelly Long, where we get to the root cause of whatever it is that's holding you back from making the most of your finances. I'm your host, Kelly Long, a CPA, certified financial planner, and personal finance specialist. Whether you're feeling anxiety, fear, or just plain information overload, my goal here is to help you move forward with confidence and clarity and help you find your own version of financial bliss. Hello, hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of Financial Bliss with Kelly Long. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, my name's Kelly Long, and I'm a financial coach who helps smart, responsible women and couples move past analysis paralysis around what to do next with their finances by helping them find clarity and confidence with the next best moves for them. I've worked with literally thousands of different people on money challenges from figuring out the best way to handle debt, to making sure they're saving for the future in the best way for their own personal goals. And less popular these days, but still irrelevant, clients often consult me when deciding whether it's time to buy a house or how to go about that. So for this episode, I want to offer some tips on overcoming some of the things that might be keeping you from taking the steps to optimizing your finances, whatever that might look like to you. Because when I asked people what was holding them back, it wasn't that they didn't necessarily know that they needed to do some stuff differently. They just had all kinds of stuff standing in the way. And a lot of that stuff was leading to a lot of shame, which is unnecessary because shame never helped anyone move forward on something that seems unfamiliar or daunting. So first, I'm going to talk about what it might be that's coming up and getting in the way. And then I'm going to offer six tips to consider as you gear up to make some money moves. Are you ready? Let's get into it. So first, in order to get started on taking steps to optimize your finances, you need to identify what it is that's really holding you back. Is it fear, perfectionism, a lack of confidence or knowledge? Beyond the practical stuff, why haven't you gotten started on this yet? If you know it's something you want to do, and if it's just because you think it's something you should do, but you can't think of another really valid reason that applies directly to your life and goals, then double check whether it's something you need to do at all. But assuming this is something you want to do, let's talk about that first part, that thing that's holding you back in the first place, once you know for sure it's something that you want to do. Depending on what it is you're thinking you need to do, fear is a big one that might be holding you back. And I've already talked a lot about fear in earlier episodes, but in the context of actually making money moves, that fear is mostly about being afraid of making a huge mistake that's going to, what is it that you're actually afraid is going to happen? A lot of times we're afraid of repeating a past experience, but when we really dig into what happened in the past, it becomes obvious that there wasn't a whole lot that you could have done to change that outcome anyway, or if there was, you've learned that lesson and you're probably not going to repeat it. So like being afraid that the housing market's going to crash right after you buy your house, or a fear that you're going to lose your job if we ever actually enter a recession, or that the market will fall as soon as you make your first investment. These are all things that happen, and there's actually nothing you can do to stop it. So like if you're worried about the housing market, just make sure you're buying a house you'd really want to live in no matter what the market value was at the current time. Or if you truly think your job is at risk, then there are some specific defensive money moves to be making. But then I'd also want to know how likely it would be that you wouldn't be able to find work again pretty quickly because that really kind of determines how defensive you need to be. And if you're worried about the market crashing, well, that happens. And that's why you never want to invest money in the market that you don't anticipate needing for at least 10 years, which is more than enough time to ride the wave and see it bounce back while also ideally continuing to invest while it's down so you'll have even more money on the other side. 
That said, other than fear, a big thing that holds us back from making moves to optimize our finances is perfectionism. And whoo-wee, does perfectionism have its claws in so many of us, myself included. There's a sense that we have to know what the exact perfect amount is that we can afford to put away each month before we can even start saving. Or we need to feel confident that we're picking the exact perfect investment before we can start investing. Or we have to have the perfect budget that projects exactly how much we're going to spend each month on dining out, target runs, personal care, and the dog walker, while also setting aside the perfect amount to save ahead for bigger things like trips, that new car, your best friend's wedding, and the other unknowns that could come up, which, of course, we want to perfectly predict. You see how that's just not possible, right? So perfectionism is a huge barrier. And the other thing I see holding a lot of people back from making moves is just plain old lack of confidence or knowledge. They'll go to fidelity.com to open an account, but they have no idea how to answer the questions that are being asked, or they freak out because there are just so many terms that they don't fully understand. And I totally get this, and I was once there myself, and that's what I'm here for as a money coach. So in a lot of ways, what's holding you back could be something that you can't do a whole hell of a lot about. You just have to get comfortable sitting in uncertainty, but in other cases, there are ways to get around it. So Let's talk about those six tips to overcome what's holding you back so you can get started on optimizing your finances. So first of all, like I said, you want to identify what it is that's holding you back. Is it fear, perfectionism, a lack of confidence or knowledge, or is it something else? And then once you understand that a little better, my first tip in getting started is that you want to make sure you define what done looks like to you. So let's say you've decided that you want to start investing in a Roth IRA. Done is not just opening the account. It's having it set up so that there are automatic deposits going into the account on the reg and they're being invested into the market, whether that's an index fund or other mutual fund or something else. Or let's say you're trying to pay off credit card debt faster. Done isn't just putting your information into a debt calculator to see how much more you need to pay each month in order to have it gone by a certain date. It's figuring out if you can actually afford that much extra, then taking steps to make sure that that extra payment is going towards the most optimal account and then figuring out how to keep yourself from needing to use credit cards going forward until the debt is gone. It might also involve refinancing your debt through balance transfers or consolidation loans, which could first mean doing some credit repair. Really will depend on your personal situation. Now, as a person with ADHD, I can tell you that defining what done is, is critical to keeping me going and following through on stuff like this. It's so easy to get excited about figuring out a new project and then getting partially into it and then abandoning it because I ran up against a roadblock or I got bored. So one way I recently used this tip was finding a better way for my husband and I to plan ahead for big expenses. So when we sold our condo in Chicago and moved to Arizona, we had a big chunk of cash that we could just kind of dip into while we got settled and figured out what our new cost of living would be like in this totally different way of life. And once we did that, we were able to take some of that cash and add it to our investments so we can achieve our bigger goal of going part-time by the age of 55, if not sooner. But doing that also left us with a leaner savings account, enough to weather any big disruptions to income, it's our emergency fund, but not enough to just write a check to pay for something like the porch we need to replace on the back of the house or the jacuzzi I really want to put out back so we can watch the stars at night while having a good soak. For the first time in many years, we needed to do a more detailed analysis of our spending. Now, before you clutch your pearls at a financial planner doesn't have a detailed spending plan, let me remind you that my position on things like budgeting and cash flow planning is that it's necessary if you're working on your financial foundation, like paying off debt or building an emergency fund. But the bigger goal with creating and sticking to that type of system 
is to make that system obsolete because you just kind of always have some cash around to pay for the things that come up like your cat having a UTI or your car needing new brakes. So done for me with this little project went beyond just running the numbers and doing a little bit more specific forecasting to see when we might have the cash available to start the project. So I would know when to start calling contractors and getting bids. Done was going to the contractor's office that we selected and putting down a deposit so we can start the project. And there were a lot of steps in between there. So knowing that putting down the deposit was kind of the done point, because it's kind of going to take off on its own from there, that's what kept me going when it came time to figuring out how to submit plans to our town for permitting and asking around for referrals of who I should call for a bid, let alone setting up the automatic transfer to the savings account that will pay for this project once I knew how much we could safely set aside each month. So what does done look like for you with this? That can really help you to break down the steps in between to get you there and keep you going. So my second tip has to do with overcoming the perfectionism. And that tip is to just start. You literally have to tell your perfectionism, no, not today, procrastination masking as perfectionism. We're going to get this train moving and it might be messy, but I know that once I get moving, I'll be able to clean things up along the way. So let's say you know that you want to start putting some money into a Roth IRA, but you're not sure you can afford to put the full $541.66 each month that would get you to the annual maximum of $6,500 for 2023. Your perfectionism tells you that if you can't do that, then you need to find the perfect amount that's enough to make a difference, but not so much that you find yourself dipping into your savings to get to the next paycheck or whipping out the credit card to buy groceries. That's a good spot to strive for. But there's no way to know for sure that it's the perfect amount until you try it. So rather than put it off until you have time to sit down and analyze your spending for trends and compare it to your upcoming plans, my suggestion is to just start with what I call a no-brainer amount. This is the amount that you'd spend on something like an Old Navy tank top or a quick snack after the gym that you know won't break the bank. You can increase from there, but getting going is the most important thing here. And don't wait to see how much you have left at the end of your pay period. That's another recipe for never getting started. The better way, especially for those of us with ADHD or who operate on what I call the see money spending plan, which is if I see money in my account, I know it's okay to spend it, is to just pick an amount and move it. I know from experience back when I was living very strictly paycheck to paycheck that it's much easier for me to adjust my spending to what's left rather than trying to control my spending in order to leave something left over to save. So the key here is just to get the train moving, like I said. Once you get things going, it's relatively easy to adjust the amount, but don't let your perfectionism drive here and hold you back from even starting. My third tip is for when you know you're holding yourself back through your own behavior, like overspending, and you feel like you're ready to address it, but you just don't know how to fix it. Maybe you've tried budgeting tools like Mint or YNAB, But after a couple months, you abandon that because at the end of the day, those apps don't open up and slap the phone out of your hand when you start adding things to your cart. And they haven't yet perfected a GPS tool that detects when you're at Target or Costco and automatically locks your card beyond your list. Although, wouldn't that be kind of cool? Like, maybe I need to pitch that to some programmers. Anyway, what's ironic is that a lot of us who are pretty responsible with money, we always pay our bills on time, we're always making sure we don't overdraw our accounts, always wanting to do the right thing with our money in our lives. We also tend to have effort moments where we go nuts on spending for various emotional reasons. T Swift said it best It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. 
So to hold yourself to spending limits that you might set or to help break habits that you know are detrimental to optimizing your finances, the tip is to create friction so that it's harder to spend money. Forget about creating that perfect budget. That won't stop you when you're scrolling through Instagram and you see a dress you like on your favorite fashion influencer's story. Go ahead and add it to your cart. But first, delete your credit card information from your online accounts. Yes, even from Amazon. And no cheating with Apple Pay. If you have to get your card out every time you want to make a purchase online, that will likely force you to add it to the cart and then probably check out later. I do this all the time. And more than 50% of the time, I actually end up moving the things that are in my cart to save for later when I actually do go to submit an order. And you know what? This ends up being the perfect wish list when my birthday rolls around and my mom, my in-laws, and my brother are all asking me what I want. And I don't want to just say, send me an athletic gift card. Now, another way to create friction is to keep a low balance in your checking account, especially if you're someone who will go through hell or high water to avoid paying an overdraft fee. By moving money from checking into savings, you're less likely to splurge and more likely to let that savings build up so that you can use it toward the bigger goals you set. I know that for me, it's super painful to have to move money from my savings back to checking in order to pay for retail therapy. So having that money out of my checking is just one more little barrier that until they invent that app, they can physically stop you from spending when it's out of line with the intentions you set for yourself, might help you to keep to your stated goals and get you closer to being able to increase your savings or investing. So the fourth tip is to make sure you're leaving enough time to complete the actual tasks so that you don't lose steam in the middle because you had to stop what you were doing to go do something else that you can't avoid. Things like dealing with login snafus or linking accounts or going down a rabbit hole investigating a mystery charge on your credit card or researching which card is the best card to use for a balance transfer. These things always take longer than you think and sometimes require more than one session and working toward getting to done. So if you anticipate that these things will take longer than you probably want, it's easier to stick with the plan and keep plugging at it until you get to done. Maybe you need to put it in as an appointment on your calendar, preferably during a time of day when you know you're typically productive. So for me, getting into my office and then eliminating distractions and actually sitting at my desk to get started is the hardest part of me getting going on stuff. So if there's something tedious I need to do, like opening up a new account or rebalancing investments or getting my taxes going, I put that in my calendar right after something else that will already have put me in my office with no distractions like a client meeting. So I'll set a three minute timer after the client meeting to get up and stretch my legs and maybe refill my water. But I make sure if I leave my office, I also leave my phone there so that I'll be much more likely to return quickly than allowing myself to get distracted by something else outside the office. Which leads me to my fifth tip, which is to set a reward for yourself for getting done. I'm always a little peeved when I see this tip because it's like, If my goal is to save money, how does it make sense to spend money as a reward for not spending money? But that's not what I mean here. I mean something smaller, like not letting yourself open Instagram until you're at least done with a task you set out to do. Or for me, my latest reward for completing tasks is to look at the Ring app, which has the camera that I set up outside our back fence aimed at a water dish that I keep filled for all the little desert critters who haven't seen rain in weeks. And there's always something cool to see when I look. Lately, it's been a family of quail that are visiting multiple times a day, or last night we had a bobcat, we've had coyotes, roadrunners, and of course, tons of bunnies. 
Now, my sixth and final tip is a bit of a shameless plug, but it has to do with setting deadlines and incorporating accountability. Again, as a person with ADHD, I majorly need this strategy to get almost anything done in life. But when it comes to taking the steps to optimizing your finances, I've seen from actual client experience that knowing you have a session coming up with your financial coach is a definite way to overcome the barriers and just get ish done. I'll also say that sometimes having the session scheduled just isn't enough, like when there's a confidence or knowledge gap. So it's totally okay to use part of your financial coaching session to make the moves. A very common activity that I do in client sessions is just where I sit kind of in the Zoom room while my client either opens an account or sets up the automatic transfer or updates their contribution amount to their 401k and I'm just sitting there watching through the screen share. And this way I'm right there to answer questions or provide little educational tidbits and in many cases just direct where to click because those websites can have a lot of information. Now, I'm not a registered investment advisor, so I'm never going to be telling anyone which investment to pick. But if you're not actually sure how to invest in things like your Roth IRA or your 401k, I can absolutely help you understand what the different terms mean. Or I can explain the pros and cons of different options and show you where to get more information in order to be confident about your choices. And if you're ready to actually invest, I can be there while you click through the steps of getting that set up to make sure that you don't run into any roadblocks because you don't actually know like where to click or what a term means. So those are my tips. To recap, when it comes to making the moves to optimize your finances, first think about what it is that's getting in the way. Typically, it's some fear of something going wrong that when explicitly stated, you realize it's probably not something that's going to happen. Or if it is, it's outside your control anyway. So the best thing you can do is try not to worry about it. Otherwise, it's probably perfectionism or a need to feel like you're making the best choice when there are literally thousands of choices out there. And what you really need to do is just pick one that's good enough and get things moving. So once you know what it is that's holding you back, then to overcome it, try any of the six tips. First, define what done is so you'll know when you can officially check something off your list. Second, if perfectionism around finding the perfect amount is getting in the way, just get started with a no-brainer amount knowing that you can adjust later. Third, if you're getting in your own way, particularly with spending, work to create friction so that you can break the patterns that lead you to adding to cart. Fourth, make sure you're leaving enough time to get things done from a logistical perspective so that when snafus come up, you don't lose steam. Fifth, consider some type of reward for when you get done, sometimes even with a task on the way to getting done. That could be allowing yourself to look at your phone again, or it might be 15 minutes of reading a good book if you don't typically allow yourself that time during the day. And finally, if you're just not sure you have what it takes to get it done, create an accountability system like signing up for a coaching session just to have a seasoned pro on the other side of the screen who can answer your questions or offer tidbits and keep you moving until you are officially done. All right, so that's all I have for today. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. I hope you found something that will help you take the best steps in optimizing your finances. And if this resonates, please share this with someone else who might need to hear it. And finally, feel free to reach out to me to share your thoughts or any topics or questions that you'd like to talk about. You can send me a message on Instagram at Financial Bliss Coach or through my website at financialblisscoach.com. But for now, this has been Kelly Long, and I hope this has helped you on your journey to finding financial bliss. Thank you for listening to Financial Bliss with Kelly Long. I hope you found a nugget to help you move toward your own financial bliss please take a moment to rate this podcast if you haven't already. 
Please note that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice, tax, investment, or otherwise. Kelly C. Long Consulting LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages rising out of any individual's use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast.